Looking for a great new thriller? Check out Conundrum Publishing. We publish books that make you think. From mind-bending thrillers to heart-wrenching dramatic action-adventure novels, our books will keep you up all night, turning the pages eager to find out what happens next. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to conundrumpub.com str for three totally free thrillers. You won't be disappointed. Again, three full-length action thrillers totally free at conundrumpub.com str. You have somehow ended up listening to the stuff that's real that you didn't know was real but also is cool podcast or sturdy dick were bayek or uh never mind What's up, everyone? Welcome back to your favorite podcast with your popular host, Kevin Tomlinson, and your slightly less popular but still cool host, Nick Thacker. That's me. We are coming back at you with some really cool stuff that's real that you may not have thought was real, but also is sort of neat. You like what I did there? It's kind of like not, similar to the name, but that's it's, like, it. it's like name adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> In an alternate reality, a In an alternate world. podcast. No, your favorite Stuff That's Real podcast, or your favorite podcast called Stuff That's Real, I should say. We have a couple really fun things to talk about, or at least I know I've got something fun to talk about. I hope Kevin has something fun to talk about, but knowing Kevin, he probably does. So without further ado, Mr. Tomlinson, you want to kick us off here? Yeah, fun is relative. It just depends on who you are in this story. Oh, um, okay. I'm already excited. <laughs> look at the oh, yeah, look so, at the link. This is going to be good. This is fun. <laughs> Since my sort of hometown roots are in the Houston, Texas area, I'll find something interesting to talk about from that area. And this was something I sort of stumbled across like a few weeks ago and had never heard of this before. So you're discovering it at approximately the same time I'm discovering it. But in Houston, there is what they call bayous, what other people call ditches. But there's a bayou called Buffalo Bayou. In this region, they have this sort of kind of like a river walk where there's a pathway that goes along the bayou and then there will be every now and then you'll have something cool like there's an aquarium restaurant along i think that's chocolate bayou and there's all these these things that go through like downtown houston so they come close to certain businesses like the spaghetti factory or spaghetti warehouse or something like that and so there's a lot of these things in the houston area well this particular one On the Buffalo Bayou, if you get to around Franklin Avenue, the Franklin Avenue Bridge at Louisiana Street, there is the remains of a tomb underneath that bridge. And it was built back in 1849 or so. And it's no longer any bodies in it. They actually exhumed all the bodies. (laughs) So you can't go in there and find any of the bodies. But the fact that there's this, the remnants of this tomb under like a modern overpass, that alone is pretty interesting. But then it gets even more interesting. Now we kind of dial it up a notch because it's known as the Donnellan Crypt and it houses a, or it houses, I guess that's one way to put it. There was a family, the Donnellan family was buried in the crypt, including their two boys. These two boys were killed in 1866 after 
uncovering an explosive cannonball left over from the Civil War, and a Confederate cannonball. So wow. they were exploring the wreckage of an 1863 Confederate shipwreck at the foot of the Travis Street. And they found the cannonball and they were taking it back to their home to kind of check it out when it exploded and killed the two of them. So that's interesting. Then the interesting tidbit that, that I don't know if it was this author or someone else I was because I've read several articles about this, but someone mentioned a very interesting fact, which is they've never actually gone to see if they can find all of the artifacts and remnants of war that might be in these bayous. So there could very well be more unexploded cannonballs in Buffalo Bayou in, in uh, Houston, Texas. So wow. if you happen to be just kind of kicking along and you see a uh, something that looks interesting from the Civil War era, my advice is don't pick it up. Don't pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I got to say, I want to give a shout out to all the 1800s young men who scavenged all these places to find the unexploded ordinance so that I don't have to. Yeah, exactly. So shout out if you're an 1800s child. Thank you for all the exploration you've done. And thank you for blowing up. So I didn't have to be the one who blew up. What this reminds me of is when I was a kid, like maybe 10 years old or so. So I grew up in Wild Peach, Texas. And my cousins and I and all our friends, you know, we all lived miles from each other, really. But we would ride our bikes around the neighborhood and the neighborhood, the neighborhood being like miles and miles of roads running through pasture and and, uh, wooded lands. But we kick around. And I remember one day near my cousin's house, we found this like, like, it was shaped like a missile. It was this little small bomb. And of course, I picked it up right away. Like, I got to check this out. And I carried it back with me, <laughs> our house, to show my stepfather, who was a Vietnam vet. And he freaked the hell out right away. Like, you know, don't touch it. Put it down very carefully. <laughs> and uh, we actually had, like, a bomb squad come out and check this thing out. And they took it away, unfortunately. But it, it was a novelty, basically. It wasn't a novelty. It was a real shell someone hmm. had brought home from some conflict and the explosive charges and everything had been removed and i'm guessing some kid took it out of his dad's collection or something and dropped it on the side of the road where young kevin thompson found it so i really wish i still had that but yeah that's the first thing that i thought about when i read this story so stuff like that is out there (laughs) it is out there you know and i've heard stories like that too where people find just really random stuff in the United States where, you know, to my knowledge, we haven't had a ton of engagements like that. Yeah. I guess the Civil War would be the only one, but I'm not sure that they used bombs in the same sense. You know, they used mortars and things like that, I think, right? Yeah. 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 So well, it's they, kind of, they yeah, had I mean, bombs. They dropped bombs. Did they? Okay. Because yeah. they didn't really have planes and stuff. I mean, were they flying around battlefield and all that? Are you, oh, you're talking about in Civil War? No, they didn't have, they didn't drop bombs. In Civil yeah, War, that's what I was yeah. thinking. So They I mean, had exploding cannonballs. Yes. Right. 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 And so the things like that people find all the time, but I find it really interesting. You know, there's places that were right in the middle of like World War II battlefields or something over in Europe or Japan even. And um, there's people that find all kinds of unexploded shell. I mean, there's entire places that are locked down that you you are not supposed to go onto because it's, they basically just condemned it, right? They just said, Hey, there's too much crap out here that's going to blow up. So rather than, you know, like mines that haven't been um, exploded. 
and that kind of stuff uh it scares the crap out of me well, but it's kind of cool at the same time you know it is cool and it's fodder for stories for sure and it's not just like ordinance that might turn up i remember a few years back so i have a buddy of mine his name is bobby beaver as uh, a waste of a perfectly good porn name but that's his real name <laughs> and we like to go to flea markets we go to flea markets that, like we used to go like once a month and all kinds of things have prevented us from doing that for the past couple of years but because we go to flea markets anytime we hear an interesting story about flea markets you know we pay attention and, and i remember he shared something with me like he found this story online about this guy who found actually it may not have been at a flea market this may have been like at a junkyard but he found an old x-ray machine and he brings it home and he opens it up and finds this kind of glowing putty substance inside of it and he's playing around with it the kids are playing around with it and then of course they all develop leukemia and die because that was like uranium or something so we are always really wary because when we go to the flea market you never know what we find medical equipment (laughs) Out at the flea market all the time. And I used to be an electronics engineer. And I know for a fact that a lot of medical equipment at one point or another contained all kinds of radioactive substances. So there's that. And then if you find like old Geiger counters and things like that, sometimes these things can be contaminated. So, you know, it's just one of those things where there's all kinds of stuff floating around out there. And there's a part of me that kind of wants to write a book that starts off so innocently, like someone finds an old unexploded mine or finds an old x-ray machine or something. And then that creates this like national issue, (laughs) you know, something along those lines. Like there's bound to be a thread there that I can pull to write a story like that. So, Yeah. I think going back to this crypt, the Donnellan crypt, this is Houston. So is this thing ever underwater? Is it, I imagine a crypt being kind of underground and, it would have to be. It would literally yeah. have to be. Yeah. Because right, uh, right. where it is, I know the area where that is. And I know for a fact that has been under like 50 foot of water at different times, just in my lifetime. Sure. So, because it's a bayou, right? So, right. bayou is code for runoff ditch in that area. It's not like a natural bayou, it's mostly man made bayous. But one thing that people don't know about Houston is that the entire city was built on swampland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston started off as a, as a cheat, and a scam. There were con artists who were selling lots of land to people to entice them to move to the Houston, Texas area. Well, there's only a small portion of the Houston, Texas area that was naturally above sea level. Right. And so the rest of it was swamp and useless land. But so the people who were suckered by this stuff were fairly industrious. They were like farmers and problem solvers, you know? And so they went and backfilled a bunch of the area with as much dirt as they could dig up from wherever they found it and made it a foundation for the city. So the entire city, that's why it's called the Bayou City. Like the whole place was one big network of bayous and swamps at one point. So, Oh, I've I've been there. That's definitely the take I got from Houston. Was this? Yeah, this kind of feels like a swamp. This is a swamp. The mosquitoes still know it's a swamp. They know. The mosquitoes aren't aren't being fooled, are they? They know. Yeah, that's what it is. That's, but cool. that's, that's why stuff, there's man. there's a hundred year floodplain there, where every hundred years that entire region is under 
50 to 100 feet of water. I mean, it's ridiculous. And it's a real problem there, but it also brings up all kinds of interesting things because for some reason, there's an underground network of tunnels and retail locations under the city in a city known to flood. That's weird to me. There's like ground level (laughs) mass transit, like trains and stuff, ground level place that's flooded. So it's a really bizarre, you know, Houstonians, they have a certain mindset (laughs) and they don't mind the idea that they might have to deal with some water. That's not a problem to them at all. So that's kind of comes with the, uh, with the house price, right? You just kind of know what it is. Well, that's why you can't get a great deal, but Oh wait, we're going to be underwater at some point. There's only like three months out of the year and they're not consecutive months. There's three months out of the year when you can buy flood insurance for your home and it's not consecutive months. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be too easy. Wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. So. That's good stuff. No, that's cool, man. I did not know that, but it does make me wonder how many, like you said, how many other uh, retail places and just uh, random stuff is just underground. Yeah. And that seems to be a recurring theme on the podcast. You know, we always end up finding stuff that's like, oh, well, that's underground. And they just built Chicago on top of it. And yeah. you know, it's just kind of crazy how most of these cities have, you know, entire histories we don't even know about because they've just been buried underground the whole time, you know? Yeah. It's a lot like New Orleans. The whole crypt thing under a overpass. Like if you go to New Orleans, that's the entire city. That's it. Yeah, exactly. But it's far more unusual, which also, by the way, begs the question there. Like, why are all these cities that are below sea level, why do they have all these? You know why they have above ground crypts. Why did it end up being like a part of the sea architecture? Yeah. Like it's, you would think they'd want to bury everybody as far away from the city as possible. But instead, you know, you can be in downtown Houston and find an old crypt. And that's just bizarre. So, right. yeah. So that's interesting stuff. It is interesting stuff. Well, that's cool. <laughs> I'm actually talking about something buried underground as well, believe it or not. Okay. All right. And uh, this one's funny. I love the article. The title is called Great Gouda. The world's <laughs> oldest cheese has been found. Uh, that's a cheesy title. You like that? I'm going to go with <laughs> this cheddar is well-aged. Here we've got a story. This is from USA Today, so you probably can't take them too seriously, but I don't think they're completely lying to us. But they seem to have found the oldest cheese on the planet, the world's oldest okay. cheese. And if you want to take a gander, how old would you think this cheese is? I'm going to say 3,000 years old. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. It's actually, well, I can't do math. They found it uh, <laughs> probably 1615 BC is what they came up with. So I would put that right around 3,000 years old. Wait, wait. I was taking a wild guess. That's good. I was basing yeah. my guess on the bog butter. <laughs> oh, yep, exactly. This is very similar to our bog <laughs> butter episode, bog people. Yep. You know, here's a hint. Here's a pro tip, guys. Don't eat the bog butter. This is another follow-up tip. Don't eat the cheese that they found in 1615. But it is cheese, and they did find it, and it is still, quote-unquote, good. <laughs> Here's the story behind yeah. it. So these guys, doesn't really say who, well, oh, yes, it does. Here it is. The Germany's Max Planck Institute of Molecular Cell Biology and Genetics. Andre Shevchenko is an analytical chemist, and it seems as though him and his team or somebody brought to them a mummy. Back in China, 
They found a mummy in China and the mummy came in into the, the Max Planck Institute of Molecular Cell Biology and Genetics has been studying it. And they have determined that this mummy has been so well preserved that it's still got hair. Essentially, it, it says it's been freeze dried. It's preserved the light brown hair. And it does say strangely non-Asian facial features, which I find really cool, along with their felt hats, wool capes, and leather boots. And analysis of the plant seeds and animal tissue that they found in the tomb show that the burials date from 1450 to 1650. So this stuff is old and these mummies are really well preserved, but that's not really news. We know that people have been able to preserve mummies pretty well. The yeah. Egyptians did it. A lot of other civilizations did that. So what is interesting it says some of the bodies had oddly shaped crumbs on their necks and chests. And by analyzing the proteins and fats in these clumps, Shevchenko and his colleagues determined that they're definitely cheese, not butter or milk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think what's not being said, I'm reading between the lines here in this article. I'm actually thinking that Shevchenko and his colleagues probably tasted the cheese. I would have. I mean, that's the first thing I would have done is, you know, hey, get the crackers. <laughs> so apparently, and it says it's not clear why they were buried with bits of cheese on their bodies, although it could have been food for the afterlife, uh, right? We did one about the uh, tomb, the terracotta soldiers, and mm -hmm. that, you know, we know that, that these elaborate burial tombs have been for centuries, for millennia, really, have included food and wine and things like that, that these people believed you would need in the afterlife or at least want. But to me, it seems like this kind of stuff is more for preservation because it says it's on their necks and their chest. And I'm not sure why it would be there unless they're trying to build out some kind of like neck protection thing or but something. You said it was crumbs, right? They said it was crumbs. Yeah, they said there were some crumbs. But that, I mean, that could mean that maybe rats got in there and ate some of it. I don't know. Or maybe that was just their bedtime snack. <laughs> That's true. They just sprinkled it on their neck and, and you know, yeah, they would just sit and... Right. Well, down in time to turn in for eternity. I'd better nosh a bit before I uh, close the old casket. Netflix and <laughs> cheese. Netflix and cheese. <laughs> there, there's our there's our title. I, the title of this episode. <laughs> Netflix and cheese. Okay, I'm going with that theory. I like your theory, Kevin. I think this is their Netflix and cheese. They'd lay down, you know couple lovers getting after a long day of battlefield warfare and raping, pillaging, and plundering, and they would lay down and grab their old cheese. And so when they died, their people who were left behind, what was that word called? Descendants? Not descendants. Would yeah, descendants. Yeah, descendants. Oh, the, oh, the people who were... Who were, who yeah, they, who, contemporaries. Who were survived by, yes, whatever yeah, that's called. okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, it's worth noting that this cheese doesn't have dairy in it somehow. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Well, I, mean, I don't know if I'd call that cheese, you know? Well, I mean, they make, so something I've discovered recently, because Kara is very into like alternative foods and healthier foods, but she makes a form of cheese with cashews and nutritional yeast. It's the yeast and the bacteria that make it cheese. So apparently it's kind of like wine. Wine doesn't have to be made with grapes. It can be made with other kinds of fruit because it is the process right you know, that's fair. and yeah. beer and things like that are the same way so yeah well that's fair yeah i think yeast is definitely playing a role here yeast yeah. is really weird and cool and i should probably do an episode on yeast we I should do it yeah it's a very interesting yeah. um organism i guess this is a lactose free cheese that they were making but it was made they believe to be something that could last a long time and it seems like it worked yeah Seems like they got. I would eat this. I don't know about you. I would eat this though. 
I would try it. Yeah. I, I, I would also I would try, try the bog butter. Like you try the bog butter. I would totally, I could actually see, and I'm sure somewhere out there is some 3000 year old, like pita bread or something. And I would eat that too uh, with, um, uh, honey because they have found honey that is still viable in Egyptian tombs. So it's like well, 2000, honey, 3000 years old. And honey never goes bad though. I mean, that's right. kind of like, that's the thing. I mean, I think butter does go bad. <laughs> yeah. The butter and the cheese are preserved because of the conditions of the tomb. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So honey is preserved and it becomes crystalline. I, I'm sure. Oh, but it never imagine. goes bad. It, it'll imagine. never go bad. But it's, nope. an, it's natural oh, yeah. antibacterial. Well, let's go eat all that old. Let's find the world's oldest honey and butter and cheese and just go eat it. It could we'll be like feast. A, the next Food Network show. Next episode, we have to find somebody who's discovered the world's oldest edible loaf of bread. Mm, we okay. got to do that. I'm sure it's going to be like one of these pieces of bread that has like a Jesus face in it or something. It'll be something like that. But it'll be one of the ones you know, like the Vatican has a collection of Jesus wafers or something. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know what this reminds me of, by the way, because now I'm considering the like 3,000 year old meal and everything <laughs> I could eat. So back let's call that your last like, supper. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was in Victorian times that they were discovering frozen mammoth carcasses. Ooh, and a really trendy hot thing to do at the time was to carve those up into mammoth steaks. And the super rich would attend these parties and eat mammoth steak. Yeah, I remember something about that. I heard that. Yeah. That might be I a future know, episode. I thought I hated everything about the Victorians, but I think that's a pretty good idea. Victorians did some cool stuff, man. They were <laughs> not politically correct in any way. Like, if you have any illusions or delusions about Victorians being always prim and proper, I can persuade you against that with a few choice calls. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Just the fact that they're they're willing to eat mammoth steaks tells you everything you need to know. But, but wouldn't no, I, you? Wouldn't you I, eat I would, a mammoth steak? Absolutely. If somebody offered me a mammoth steak, I mean, well, the fact that I'm probably eating fifty thousand dollars worth of meat there, um, easily, yeah, easily, yeah. <laughs> a million dollars worth of meat. Yeah, I would we do can it. wash it all down it. with poop coffee. The poop coffee episode. <laughs> We've got a good episode of food you should never eat. You know what I always say though is everything's edible once. Everything is edible once. That's exactly right. At least one. Every mushroom you can eat at least once. Every single thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we got like to do a spinoff podcast that is stuff that's real that you didn't know is real. <laughs> stuff, stuff you can eat that you didn't know you could eat, but also is gross. <laughs> <laughs> Look for that hashtag podcast. In the Go future. search for that one. <laughs> That would just be a oh, special man. episode. Stuff you can eat. Yeah, we should definitely do that. Uh, we'll, I think we'll we should do that. Throw that in there. We'll do a special short-run series of stuff you can eat. <laughs> I'm in. All right. I'm in. Well, th that's been your episode of Netflix and Cheese and uh, things buried underground. You didn't know were buried underground. Both of those things are real, folks. I mean, you heard it here first and probably last, but we're telling the truth every time. No one else is going to tell you this stuff. No Who one else is going to tell you? That. <laughs> exactly. You got anything to add before we wrap up here? Uh, you don't want to give a shout out to our mutual good friend, Roland Denzel, who apparently does listen to uh, the podcast. Shout it out to us on Twitter not too long ago. 
about one of our episodes. So nice shout out and um, shout out. Roland is a, is a health junkie. Uh, he's a guru. He knows yeah. all kinds of crazy cool stuff about wellness and, and keeping fit and healthy. And as writers, I know that's something you and I are always interested in hearing about. I would love to hear Roland's take on Netflix and cheese and whether or not he would eat a million-year-old mammoth or a 3,000-year-old block of cheese and wash he, it down with, with some bog butter. I think he would because he is always telling me that how much he likes stale Twizzlers. No, not Twizzlers. Red Vines. He red likes vine. Red Vines. Yeah, he's a Red Vines guy. He's a Red Vines guy. So he likes the stale Red Vines. So I bet he would eat a 2,000-year-old cheese. I, uh, I bet we'll he would. <laughs> I love it. We'll get him on and ask him point blank then. But. I love right. it. Go find Roland Denzel's books. You're going to have to search pretty hard because if you type Roland Denzel into Amazon, you mostly find my books. Because <laughs> I right. have a character named Roland Denzel. But go find Roland Denzel's books. And he's working on some fiction now, too. So I'm looking forward to seeing some of his fiction hit. Absolutely. Ditto to that. Yeah, for sure. Get those books finished, Roland. We want to read them. Finish. Finish. All right. All right. That's enough of banter on my, yep. from my end. When you talk about Roland Denzel, you know it's time to wrap things up. That's, that's the end. Let's end of the episode. End we, got, we ran out of stuff to talk about. So. <laughs> All right, folks. Enjoy your Netflix and cheese. I hope that you're getting something out of these, if anything, disgust and horrify you, if nothing else. Uh, that's what we're here for, disgust you and horrify you. And uh, we hope that we've done that sufficiently today on this episode of Stuff That's Real, That You Didn't Know Was Real, But Also Is Cool podcast. For all of us here at Stuff That's Real, thank you for listening. And we will see you or hear you next week. Bye, everyone. Stuff That's Real. Bye. Looking for a great new thriller? Check out Conundrum Publishing. We publish books that make you think. From mind-bending thrillers to heart-wrenching dramatic action-adventure novels, our books will keep you up all night, turning the pages eager to find out what happens next. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to conundrumpub.com str for three totally free thrillers. You won't be disappointed. Again, three full-length action thrillers totally free at conundrumpub.com slash str.